1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals All thanks to McDonald's Maccas, together and loving
2: it TNCs apply Gets past Smithy This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ
3: Morena, New Zealand, good morning to you wherever you are around the country or maybe you're listening in from Australia. Uh, We've got a very busy show featuring, uh, of course, a lot of rugby on the eve of a huge uh, day at Eden Park uh, tomorrow with uh, the Black Ferns playing and, of course, uh, the All Blacks. And uh, on that subject of the Black Ferns, we shall be talking to Wayne Smith, who was the director of rugby, the professor, very, very shortly uh, about the prospects and, of course, the World Cup is not too far away October the 8th against Australia uh, talk back time after 9.30 haven't had uh, a chance to talk to you since the All Black Selection so i uh, really love to uh, hear from you uh, about that you might want to talk about the Black Ferns as well and um, Wayne Smith um, the calmness of Wayne Smith and uh, we'll be hearing from him very shortly as I said so uh, after 9.30 we'll open up the lines you can win a Chemist Warehouse Voucher to the value of 50 bucks and uh, that'll be pretty cool Uh, Just after 10 o'clock, Richard Turner, of course, uh, former All Black, um, on his considered opinion about the All Black selection going into tomorrow night. The Wallabies' response to last week. uh, All sorts of issues. Uh, We'll be chatting with uh, the great one pod. Uh, And then at uh, 10.20, uh, around about 10.20, the panel with uh, Ross Carl and Mark Hinton. Um, and then uh, after uh, 11 o'clock we shall be talking to Dave Byrne. Dave Byrne is uh, an Auckland Greyhound Racing Club board member. Uh, we always uh, once a week on a Friday uh, talk to uh, personalities from the Greyhound Racing field and that is uh, Dave's turn this morning. Uh, we shall have a stump smithy at 11:30 uh, as always. And uh, just after 11:30 this morning we shall be talking to Liam Santa Maria, Liam Santa Maria, an NBL analyst And of course it's the NBL Blitz At the moment uh, As a precursor to uh, the NBL season Getting underway The breakers are heavily involved in that And around about uh, 10 to 12 this morning Before we speak to staff We'll have a chat to uh, Michael Guerin On behalf of the trotting industry To see what's uh, on SCNZ over the weekend So busy show Very busy show Looking forward to it
4: Sport is our religion And here is Smithy Sermon
3: well, not for the first time, how the opposition treat the All Black Harker prior to the start of a test match has become a bit of a side issue leading into this next encounter at Eden Park. Dave Rennie knows the Harker well and when he talks about how to receive it, I listen. He's fully aware of its significance and the type of respect it warrants. But he's also fully aware of the importance of the opening moments in any test match, especially an All Black one. As an individual, you have the right to acknowledge any challenge in any way you want. Paramount. You don't want it to influence you, though. To cloud your thoughts, there is no official obligation to stand and literally take it. And Dave Rennie has said that this week. You might embrace it. You won't fear it. It's, in this sense, an all-black collectives statement. So if you as a team want to smile at it, have your own formation as a message to answer it, or even turn your back on it, That's your choice. 99.9% of the time, there's not a ripple, but when there is, it gets a headline. Not as big as the one as a result of the time the Welsh refused to allow it, but the All Blacks performed it anyway, behind closed doors. The Aussies form a collective boomerang shape as their type of heritage response. They don't have a haka themselves to respond. That in itself should be respected and not targeted by any All Black individual. So you have to assume that in the heat of the battle last week in Melbourne, Rico Ioane as a junior had a bit of a senior moment. Unfortunately it's a moment the Aussies have been a bit stung by and it's been mentioned during the week and they've used it in their prep. Look I've never performed a haka except for a few attempts at Miramar South School in Wellington. Didn't even sing the national anthem at cricket till the World Cup of 92. I respect the haka, it often gives me goosebumps and I will again tomorrow night before both test matches, but I shall also respect the opposition's right to acknowledge it in their own individual manner. We all should. Just over two weeks to go into the Rugby World Cup. Kicks off the Black Ferns have one more chance to test themselves before the rest of the competition arrives in New Zealand. But this won't be just uh, some run around in the park. This is an epic doubleheader at Eden Park this weekend. It also uh, sees the All Blacks and the Wallabies go head to head. It's a great moment for women's rugby in this country, and uh, I, for one, can't wait. And joining us now is the Black Ferns Director of Rugby, Wayne Smith. Uh, Wayne, good morning to you.
5: Morena, snoree. How
3: are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, uh, Cheers, and thanks for your time. Look, uh, you've been involved in uh, so many World Cup campaigns. This one has a bit of a difference, of course, because it's with uh, the Black Ferns. But how do you feel about this one as you get the, ever so close?
5: Yeah, they're all exciting. Um, you know, you, you can feel it in the air when you get to a World Cup. Uh, there's obviously a lot of pressure when you're at home, but, you know, the, what we're working on is... Um, embracing it, you know, sort of using it to to build yourself up to to be at your best rather than run away from it. So, yeah, the girls are really excited. Um, As I say, we're kept going to the All-backs on the weekend. They love that. They they love looking at a test match afterwards, girls. So it should should be a good weekend.
3: Are you sort of in World Cup mode now?
5: (laughs) Well, we're we're still preparing for it. So, um, you know, I've been with them probably four months now, I suppose. we're sort of a bit off and on. We'll play a few games and they'll go back into their hubs and throw um, a couple of cup teams and then they'll come back in for another game. So this gives us, like we've got this game against Japan um, tomorrow and then um, following that, we've got a 3 week heading into the World Cup. So that gives us a chance to run a camp and get a bit more work done. We're changing the game, so we're trying to play a really attacking game. I don't think following um, what everyone else is doing will work for us, particularly against, Teams like England and France So um, we're going to have to create A lot of unstructured play And and a bit of chaos For us to be able to survive I think in in shock teams Your
3: your last hit out uh, Was at the Adelaide Oval Um, What do you need to see As a result of that performance uh, Tomorrow?
5: Yeah we, um, We didn't play very well in Adelaide We played quite well against the Aussies and. And Christchurch, Adelaide, um, yeah, I'm probably the coach's fault, I think, so I made a lot of changes. Also changed some of our plays that we were using and it didn't quite work. Um, but, you know, we, we fought hard. We got through with a win. Um, they were, they were really good. I'll that you that. They've really improved. And so for us, it's just, it's just taking a step up in terms of our skill level and the, um, the execution of that. You know, if you're going to play a, an exciting game that's based on running the ball, you know, there are little things within that that you have to, be, you have to execute really well. And so, um, you know, we, we're still working on that and getting used to it.
3: You've had to uh, be a bit patient with some of your uh, Sevens players that have come back in, but you've involved them into uh, in tomorrow's selection. How has that integration gone, getting them
5: back in? Yeah, like they have so been in earlier at... Um, a camp that we had up in Auckland. It uh, gave us an opportunity then to um, do of work with them. But also, like, they're highly professional, so we have a, um, a video platform that we put all our training tips on and all our, our moves and our reviews from games. So they've been looking at that right through the year. Um, so they do their homework. So they come in essentially knowing um, exactly what their roles are and, and what the plays are and what's expected the of them. So, yeah, they're ahead of the ball game there. Um, it's just, I guess it's a matter of, of converting from sevens to 15s, which is, which is not that easy. You know, I, I did it, I did it myself back in the 80s when I was playing some New Zealand sevens and then I come back to 15s and, you know, different lines, um, uh, different requirements physically. So, it takes a wee while, it takes a couple of weeks, I reckon, two so or three weeks to get back into it. But these girls are really smart and really professional.
3: What do Japan bring to the table for you tomorrow in terms of uh, what you want to see?
5: Well, initially we were going to play against a barbarian team, a New Zealand barbarian team. And then I saw Japan playing Australia and I was really impressed with the speed. Um, they're really well organised in defence. They tackle low. They're really quick. They work hard together. Um, they attack. So They with the ball so they're not just a kicking team. So, so then we sort of switched ideas and thought well, that would be a really good idea if we could play them because they'll test us in a lot of areas. So that's, that's what will happen tomorrow. I think I they'll think be a, a really good test. They beat Ireland a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've beaten TG, beaten Australia. So, you know, they've got a lot of quality. And they've got a New Zealand coach, um, a New Zealand woman coaching them who's outstanding.
3: Wayne, uh, when we look at, um, uh, as the tournament cr- progresses, um, uh, you mentioned the word homework before. How much homework have you been able to do on your other pool play adversaries in Wales and Scotland?
5: Yeah, fair to say, I've had a bit of catching up to do Smithy. I, I have watched a lot of women's well, rugby over the last few years. so um, And you've got to stay um, current, you know, and because things change. Um, Biggest start to date with what they're doing. Uh, Scotland and Wales have both played recently, so we've got footage on them. I'm always keeping an eye on on teams like England and um, France. France played Italy a while ago. Actually, Italy beat France, which was a big upset. So yeah, you've got to, you've got to stay current. I've got other people as well. So um, Graham Henry's, you know, great analyst. We've worked a long time together, um, so he's helping with that. Because you know When you're in the, when you're in the middle and <coughs> you're coaching, um, a lot of your priority goes out on the field. or <coughs> oh, sorry, goes out on the field. And so, um, you know, you've got to squeeze in all your analytical stuff at night or early morning. And so he, he helps me with that. Um, also got, um, there's, there's a player down in, in Christchurch, Grace Brooker, who's a very smart um, player. She's injured and, and out of the World Cup squad so she's doing a bit of work for me as well and she's outstanding and you know you you just I just try and get different I know different people's opinions to back my own intuition I don't like just um, going in with what I see I like to talk to others um, get data and then make decisions so yeah we've got a pretty good network working for us
3: Uh, In terms of uh, your squad itself you've got uh, injuries to to uh, Alana Premner, Kennedy Simon as your co-captain, etc. Are they a concern to you or are they just precautionary?
5: It's a, it's a big concern. Um, injuries in general. You know, there's um, there are a lot of injuries in the women's game. There's a lot of injuries in rugby. Um, so we're hoping that uh, we can get them wide open you know, for, if not the first game of World Cup, the, the second game. It's a, it's a bit... Um, a bit difficult because you know if you replace one of them, that's to tournament done, and so we don't want to we don't want to go down that road, unless it becomes really um, unavoidable. So we're we're, yeah, we're rehabbing them, giving them more opportunities, and hoping that they come right and we're then able to play them.
3: You mentioned before about uh, the kind of game that you're trying to take into this World Cup, which will be fast. It will be different. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have areas that perhaps will surprise sides like uh, England and France because of the way you go about things. Is, is that sort of an acknowledgement that perhaps you, you don't want to have to encounter them physically up front as such? I know there will be times you have to, but you'd rather steer away from that?
5: Yeah, I think um, initially, um Yes. When I, when I saw the games last year, I thought, you know, we need to, we can't just we can't play a traditional game. But really, um, maybe it's, it's the way the way I like to coach anyway. And it's the way um, New Zealanders like to coach and it's the way we play. You know, it sort of reflects our DNA. You know, we're we're pioneering people. We've brought up a number eight wire. You know, you could, well, a man used to replace a sand belt with a fucking, you know. Um, I want us to reflect that and be just not follow the herd, do what, do what suits us, suits our population, and that might excite our population as well. So that's the road we're going down.
3: How uh, close are you... Um, I mean, if you had to play uh, a World Cup game tomorrow, how close are you, um, injuries aside, to uh, having a starting lineup.
5: up um, Good question. We we had a selection meeting yesterday. Uh, the injury fly a in the works, you know, so you, you can sketch things out of where you think um, you'll end up, but there's always that proviso around injury and existing ones, but also um, potential future ones. So yeah, we, we've sketched out some some ideas. We'll, we'll give virtually all the women an opportunity, I think, through the first three games, really, because they're good enough to be selected in the squad, they've gone through a hell of a a hell of a big trial process through pack four and then through the Laurie O'Reilly series. Um they've all deserved their spot in the team and there are others outside the team who deserve the spot as well but we just couldn't put from them in. You've got to look at um you know versatility, ability to cover multiple positions in a World Cup so that you don't get caught short. So there's a lot of things going into it. But yeah, I'm hoping that we can give everyone a bit of a crack and then um and then settle on what our number one team
3: going to be. Wayne, I I, I remember when uh, the World Cup squad was announced. Uh, there was a mantra: once you're a Black Fern, you're a Black Fern for life. Uh, You've brought in Alan Bunting, the manager, of, to be a manager of uh, culture and leadership. Uh, I would imagine that's a massively important part of it behind the scenes. How how do you sense that that bit of, that uh, but piece of the puzzle was gone?
5: Yeah, you know, I've always thought from my my early days of coaching the Crusaders back in '97. I started with them. Um, I've always considered identity, legacy, um, culture, has been more important than the actual coaching. I think it's the yeah you can win with that um, and poor coaching, but you can't win it without that and good coaching. I reckon. So it's a, it's a critical piece. And we've got a guy who's the bit of country and Ellen Bunting, who I feel really fortunate has come in to help me. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's been successful at the Seven. Um, he's a hell of a good man who's um, been through a lot himself and he, he just, he's just got a really good way about him with the women. And I've been lucky with all the staff, actually. So like got Wes Clark. Um, defence coach who's gonna be a great head coach himself. I've got Whitney Hanson who's daughter who keeps me honest with the detail and the structure. You know, she's outstanding at that, she's a um, big worker behind the scenes. i a wee bit sort of I like the unstructured play and, and I like teaching that. Um, she's really good at putting a wee bit of structure in there for me as well. So, um I got a good group and feel really fortunate that but with us. Mike Cron, of course, you know, probably the best, best forward coach in the world, probably. Uh, one of the best coaches I've ever worked with. He's given all his time to us as well. Uh, I feel hugely um, grateful for his input too.
3: Do you get a sense now that we're this close to the World Cup, that uh, the, the country are, are really buying into it too, uh, too Wayne?
5: I think so. I think we um, We do a lot of connecting with community. This group are a hell of a good at helping causes. They're always looking for the next cause that they can help wherever we go. Um, And I love that. But um, it's not just about what you do on the field, it's it's what you do off the field. do, And so I'm hoping that people get to know that. They'll see the influence these girls have on society and that we can, you know, if we can excite them with our rugby as well, I think it'll be a really good outcome.
3: Wayne Smith as always uh, A a pleasure to catch up with you Uh, Really appreciate your time this morning And uh, wish you all the best uh, With Japan, I hope you get through unscathed And uh, the other ladies come right for you And and, uh, October the 8th It's getting close mate, it's getting very very close So wish you all the best for that day In particular
2: Thanks mate, really appreciate that Summer or winter He's the voice of sport In Aotearoa this is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Uh, just keeping an eye, too, on the President's Cup, of course. It's uh, day one of that, and they're playing the foursomes, which means uh, alternate shots. Uh, and as we speak, uh, the Americans, uh, as hot favourites for this over the uh, internationals, are uh, leading two matches uh, to nil, two points to the nil already, because Cantlay and Schauffele have won quite convincingly, and Spieth and Thomas uh, have, uh, w- have also won as well uh but uh, also uh, on the course at the moment there are two matches tied uh, they're between burns Sheffler, kim and davis uh, and also uh Finau and homer and Pendrith and pereira they're tied uh, and morikawa and young cameron young lead uh, kim and lee one up so uh, it's uh, well if the, if the europeans uh, i would say the europeans if the uh, internationals could manage to pick up a couple of wins or a couple of points that would do their confidence uh, the world of good uh, also, another uh, golf news, uh, part of my multi yesterday was to take Ryan Fox to beat uh, Rasmus Holgard uh, in terms of uh, a one-on-one contest within uh, the French Open. Well, they finished at both ends of the scale and not good for us. Um, uh, really, Ryan Fox shot one over, which was uh, relatively disappointing, but Hogarth shot nine under. He shot nine under. He beat Ryan Fox by ten shots. Goodness me, that is uh, an amazing round of golf. So uh, we shall uh, uh, follow the President's Cup and give you the final updates on those uh, this morning. We welcome your calls, of course, um, because uh, 0800 150 811 is the number because we'd uh, love to hear from you on the, uh, what you feel, uh, having thought about uh, the All Blacks selection going into tomorrow night. Also, uh, the Black Ferns prospects against Japan and the Black Ferns having listened to Wayne Smith, how considered, how measured is he? How, what a great calmness uh, you kind of feel when Wayne Smith is all around uh, the whole scene. It could have been quite easy for the whole focus to go on Wayne Smith with his profile. But he's gone backwards, forwards in every direction trying to make sure uh, that the the women and the Black Ferns are the major focus. You know, with him and, and Ted Henry, Sir Graham Henry coming in, that, that was a big headline but since that point uh, it's all been uh, about the ladies and their prospects going forward uh, the homework that they've managed to put in etc leading into it it is uh, it's quite a, a, a really uh, you can understand a, a really professionally set up program and uh, they're going to give themselves the very best chance of upsetting France and England towards the end of the tournament interesting to hear the, the style of rugby they're going to play um, it reminds me of sort of going way way back when Jack Gleeson coached this side and um Graham Murray was the captain against France where we got whipped in the first test match and they about faced and changed everything. They had quick lineouts, all sorts of new formations, and knocked over the French in the second test match. So, sounds like uh, Wayne Smith's going to take that kind of a policy and that, that they go hell for leather, don't want to engage too much, uh, rely on their fitness, play as fast a game as they possibly can, and make sure they don't get drawn into long set pieces, uh, scrummaging situations, mauling situations. Where he fears that uh, maybe England would be dominant And France too So uh, nice to hear these strategies there And uh, Wayne Smith of course uh, He the man, he is the professor It's 9.30 here on SENZ uh, and Get on the phone now 0800 150 for those calls Chemist Warehouse voucher for 50 bucks up for grabs In the meantime here's Araha With the news
4: Talk back time with Smithy Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse Great savings every day Call now for a chance to win today's $50 chemistry warehouse voucher. 0800 150
3: 811. Right, uh, yes, uh, that's the number, 0800 150 811. Welcome your calls on uh, that all-black selection. Prospects for tomorrow night, the Black Ferns. Uh, anything you'd like to talk about? The NRL, of course, so two massive playoff games, win tonight and uh, one tomorrow. uh, as we get down to the real pointy end of uh, that particular competition. Mikey, Mikey from Christchurch, good morning to you, mate.
6: Oh, Good morning, Smithy. Hey, just a couple of things, uh, one on the harker and one on uh, Wayne Smith. Um, I love the sermon this morning. I hope a senior all-black pulls Rico aside and just has a little word in his ear. Um, Because ultimately, if a side is going to challenge you like the Australians did, um, they're there to play. And that should inspire the All Blacks. I was, I was actually, I said it saying to Steffi yesterday, quite disappointed that the All Blacks kind of were, looked, looked like stunned mullets and should have advanced on Australia. And then we would have been set up for a real cracker. I mean, some of the best hackers I've ever seen are when the, the French or the Irish have approached the All Black line, and you know it's game on. And I think, if anything, that should really inspire the All Blacks to greater heights. It just shows how what a smart operator David Rennie really, really is, isn't it?
3: Oh look, I agree. I, I've got total respect for Dave Rennie. Uh, I, I really have, and um, and here's uh, Murray himself. Uh, he's got you know he's got every reason to uh, to know uh, about the haka and, and what it means, and and you know uh, and here he is coaching an opposition side. They didn't ignore it. Uh, they did it. They responded to it in their own way. See, we don't have the luxury of a haka ourselves. We don't we don't have uh, the ability to respond in kind, but we have an ability to unite ourselves in the way we respect it, but the way we're going to, um, you know, go about our business as well. So, look, uh, i I just just got to give Rico Ioane the benefit of the doubt here and say, you know, it was a very heated finish and passionate and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, finished to that match last week. Uh, But the fact that he remembered that from, you know, the start of the game was interesting in itself.
6: Yeah, I mean... And the other thing to me is when teams do that, it just means challenge accepted. And I think that's a fantastic thing for the game. Hey, uh, Just on Wayne Smith, it was really interesting hearing his words about culture. And it just kind of made me think, got, got all the warm fuzzies as a Cantabrian because it just shows how he helped set up the Canterbury setup from all those years ago and the Crusaders and the culture that they've followed through. Um, the All Blacks, the, the really great All Black teams that we had in the past. Um, give that man a knighthood, please. He
3: deserves it. Well, if he wins the World Cup with um, the Black Ferns, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't been offered one, you know, behind the scenes. <laughs> I- 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 you yeah. know, uh, Mikey, it, would- it wouldn't surprise me if he's just been offered it and said, honestly, really? Um, I don't deserve yeah. that. Yeah. That's the kind of bloke you-, you kind of assume that he is, isn't
6: it? Yeah, no, he's a good man. Hey, thanks, Smithy. Have a good show.
3: No, thank-, thank you, Mikey. Enjoy the weekend of sport. It's a real bumper. Uh, Zade, G'day Zade. Good morning to you.
7: Good morning. I got a few topics quickly. Um, You're probably got obviously giving Auckland no chance tonight against Canterbury.
3: Um, I wouldn't say no chance. No, I, I, I kind of sense. You know, the it's been one of the most intriguing NPCs uh, that I can remember for quite some time, Zade. Because there have been um, a lot of upsets. There have been a lot of underdogs beating. Favourites, there have been a lot of close matches, so therefore I would not say by any stretch of the imagination anyone's to lay down certainty in any of
7: these matches. Um, Okay, Um, yeah, uh, absolutely uh, can't wait for the game tomorrow night. I'm obviously heading along. Um, No better game than to play the way the home ground and Eden Park, the fortress, as everyone knows, and I think the Aussies are actually under the pump. I think the Geordie uh, and Bowden Barrett um, is going to uh, going to go loose. Uh, Rico, uh, Rico and um, Jordy, Rico Iwani and Geordie Barrett, are going to be a great pairing. And just watch out, Aussie, for Caleb Clark and Will Jordan to get a few tries each. And I think it's going to be a, um, another great game at Eden Park. But I think New Blacks will be too strong. Um, two great NRL games. I'm picking Cowboys and Townsville. Um, just too hot. Uh, the weather's going to be too hard for Parramatta and they're going to be rested That Jeremiah Nanai um, he'll be, the all have to watch out for him and Valentine Holmes Pemriff do what Pemriff do and we've also got a nice boxing fight on Sunday morning, Joe Joyce, Joseph Parker so there's a um, a lot of sports, good weekend hopefully for some good bets and um, yeah, come on the ABs and can't wait for tomorrow night it would also be real good if Auckland could upset those boys
3: from Canterbury uh, but you never know but uh, yeah yeah uh, you, you never know Zade, you're absolutely spot on there, uh, I look forward to I look forward to both those games tomorrow, I look forward to the rematch too after the I, I thought the All-Whites played pretty well last night Yeah, they thought they, made, they were outstanding, um, uh, yeah
7: Elijah Just was good and um, young Matthew Garbert who's um apparently got big wraps on him run the Premier League but I think we missed, we definitely at least left that goal out there Um De Jong, I don't know why he didn't put that goal in the net, should have been used going up 1-0 we could have been Aussie last night, the way we played we were, we were better than them
3: Yeah, I think we were better than them and uh, with just the lack of finishing I thought we could have been 2-0 up Zade, so, uh, good spot on that uh, thanks very much uh, for your call actually I got a text in to say Dave Rennie is not a Maori uh, I think I knew that uh, he's a Cook Islander, but uh, he also is. Um, I, I suppose within the Cook Islands, uh, there's a lot of uh, cultural stuff as well that he's fully aware of. But uh, he's um, when I when I said he's a Murray, I mean what I, uh, he's been heavily involved with um, a lot of New Zealand sides and, and uh, knows the essence of, of the haka and what it means to individuals in particular. You did right, uh, but he's damn good on a guitar too. I can. I can um, been to a couple of functions with Dave Rennie. Man, he's a natural, absolute natural. So uh, let's get to Dean from Dunedin.
8: Yes, Mitty, how are you?
9: I'm good, yourself? Yeah, yeah, looking forward to this game, to be brutally honest. Like, I can't understand the selections, but that's their core. I was thinking about it, you over yesterday, and maybe they've just got a few of those guys. No don't know if I've named them, them before and just said, look, this is your... We're naming another squad in two weeks or whatever it is to go on a Northern Hemisphere Tour. If you guys don't front today, this is your chance to play your way out. Cause we've got to win this game. The Tri-Nations or whatever they call it now, the Championship, it's not showing up at all. And there's no way this is the best all-black team they could be putting on the field. And as for Bowden at fullback, that, that doesn't hit it. What's the point in that?
3: I think it's a dual playmaker... Um, theory. That's that's what I've got. That's all I can probably put it down to the dual playmaker theory. In other words, we're going to see um, Bowden Barrett with um, ball in hand more often than you would think. Um, uh, you know, in terms of playmaking, than you would think uh, of a normal number 15. Dean, that's all, all I can get my head around.
9: Well, who's the guy at 12? Wasn't he supposed to be a playmaker at 15? So
10: how many playmakers? Well, uh, do you
3: yeah. Well, we obviously uh, need quite a few playmakers. So, hey, hey. He, it's, yeah, I, I look forward to it too uh, for a number of reasons. I take your point point. I think it's a very good one. And I think particularly in uh, the likes of Cody Taylor's case, it might well be, uh, here's the chance. You can either play yourself firmly back into our thinking, or you might play yourself out. Uh, I think there's a real possibility uh, with that theory, Dean. Thanks for that, Joe. Good morning, Joe, from Gizzy.
9: Morning, somebody. Hey, I'm, I'm looking at the selections, but I'm also thinking I think we've missed the point that the Aussies played a B-team last week, all right? So you've got no James O'Connor, they got no Michael Hooper, they got no Rory Arnold, they had no Paisami, you know, they had no Lola so six or seven of their best starting players were not there, yet they ran us right to the wire and we, we got out of jail. Looking at our squad, looking at their squad again, they start to add back a few of those really good players like Hooper by Playsama, who's coming up in that centre position, big lock, Roriana was out because he was having a child. You're going to find that we we, we need to maybe come another step because Rennie has got belief in the Australians, just like he had in the Chiefs, when everybody wrote the Chiefs off and then they went out and and won the Super Rugby with those players that he brought through, Anton Leonard-Brown, Sonny Bill, you know, half of that county side who were in that Waikato Chiefs side. And, and and going back to your, your chat earlier with our man regarding the haka, beautiful chat. So they are, are able to receive it, and they are now saying, "Right, well, I'm taking on your challenge. And guess what? They took it, besides the bludger, Swain, who was on a different, different level, that Australian side played fantastic rugby last week. Now, they're missing their best player in Hooper, who you put him on, on the paddock, we are having even more trouble at the breakdown. Because you know, that's an issue that we have been having through this season at the breakdown. We are losing ball. We are getting isolated. But for me, I think we also got to remember, it was a B team last week, Smithy. So we've got to take our hat off to them. That back row they put out was huge. Those Island boys were hitting hard, played long minutes. And then now what are we doing? We're putting uh, Ioane in. We need some. We need some size constantly in our backs three off the scrum and that's what we tend to be missing. Barrett is the man. He's a little bit injured at the moment but I'm thinking, you know, where, where is our man from the Highlanders off, off the blind side? You know, where is he? And, and what are we doing to for consistency? We know Geordie can play 12. He plays there all year for the Hurricanes. We know that. It's not an experiment. So I think this, what we're looking at is I think we're scared to blood our new players. And maybe they've got uh, Jamaican connections, uh, Smithy. You know, and they've got passport issues to get on the field, <laughs> off the bench. You know, but uh, <laughs> but for me, I, I think we've got to show some love to these players who are, you know, given up the the uh, NPC to be to stay in that All Black squad, but they're not getting any rugby. You know, for me, and, and like Peter Fitcher was the ultimate example this season. But uh, I'm really disappointed to see, you know. First five is playing fullbacks. Fullbacks playing centre or, or uh, first or second five. You know uh, fullbacks playing wing. Blind side guys playing eight. You know eight playing seven. And it's just why? Why do we keep doing this? Why don't we just pick guys who play those positions on form and let's go? Because it's not going to hurt us. But uh, I just think you know the Australians take your hat off to Dave Rennie. He's building a side. And remember, he doesn't have the depth that we have. He just has probably, he has three teams, really. And out of those, he probably has 40 players. And then you have to bring some back from overseas. But he doesn't have the depth. But look what he's doing with it, Smithy. Look at the belief he has implanted in in those guys in in that yellow mustard jersey that they wear.
3: uh, Joey, (laughs) thanks for your call, he made some (coughs) really terrific points there um, uh, uh, about our selections, Um, Perifeta, I do feel for Perifeta I I really do, Um, and I wonder with Damien McKenzie coming back into the frame in that uh, utility type position, 10, 15, whatever uh, with that experience that that he's got, whether Stephen Perifeta might have to wait um, a lot longer we shall uh, wait and see. How are we going for time, uh, Logan? I uh, will call uh, Bruce. G'day, Bruce from Christchurch. Morning to you, man.
11: Good morning, mate. Hey, it's uh, fantastic to hear uh, our uh, rugby officials are going to be uh, recognised and kept at Eden Park. Long long overdue, they do a, they, they've got a hell of a thankless task, and uh, I, I, I applaud it, and um, it's been a wonderful thing. Um, I see the I see the French ref uh, under fire last week. is going to be on the sideline for this game tomorrow, and we've got a, a, a general called Andrew Grace who's going to be uh, blowing officiating the game. Uh, who, who who I believe refs uh, <clears> the <throat> European Championship and the French series and so on. So that'll be interesting how he controls the game hope he doesn't have a, a lot to do um, and f- just finally um, uh, the, the game of rugby we we go to turn up i, I believe to watch watch rugby and watch competition that <clears throat> I'm, I'm <clears throat> not sure if they need to put so much emphasis on the haka and this is going to um, <clears throat> turn a lot of heads and upset a few people but but It's something that started and it's sort of been a tradition, but maybe the Harker should be um, performed at the end of a game if you win. Um, Maybe they should save their energy for the match. Um, Just something to think on. Um, And maybe this year, at the end of it, if we're not very successful, there might be a big asterisk beside it, seeing we've come out of COVID and um, it may just be forgotten in a hurry.
3: Bruce, thank you very much for your thoughts. Interesting ones there too. And um, uh, I'm not quite sure that that'll ever happen because it is, um, of course, it's a challenge before battle. And um, at the end of it, they do have a, you know, we've seen the sevens in particular uh, and uh, the women's sevens perform celebratory hackers at the end of uh, tournaments when they've won. And uh, that's pretty cool as well. But uh, I take your point. I do take your point. There's a lot of energy involved in it, a lot of emotion involved in it. Sometimes I wonder, if you're that heavily into it, what about the first two or three minutes of the game? Is it distracting? Uh, It's 9.48 here on SENZ. Thank you so much uh, for your calls. The boys will make a call on the Chemist Warehouse voucher and let you
2: know. He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Uh, a few texts have uh, come in uh, at the moment. Uh, Mark has said uh, Barrett at fullback. The coach is trying to get rid of him. That's interesting. Um, Brendan has said uh, on the same subject, I think Will Jordan should change his last name to Barrett. Then he'll get to play where he wants, that being fullback. Have a good weekend. Uh, Hone from uh, Tokamaru Bay, my good friend, uh, Morena Smithy, had the pleasure of flying back after the All Blacks test in Brisbane. Sitting beside me was the Professor What an absolute gem, And was all the accolades you mentioned and much, much more. Being a proud Māori myself, I agree with your sermon and read protocols around the haka. I'll put Rico's outburst down to a young man's misguided enthusiasm. Overall happy with the All Blacks team, outside of a couple of positional queries. I'll support them on Saturday. (coughs) We all will, Hone. You know we all will. Uh, It is time uh, to take uh, one more short break and then we'll have uh, a weekend multi prior to 10 o'clock.
2: He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SNZ.
3: Right, multi for the weekend. It's a rugby, rugby league double here. $1.57 for Tasman to beat Northland. Uh, Australia, I'll take the 15.5 point start. Thank you very much uh, against the All Blacks. I don't like to bet against the All Blacks. I still think they'll win, but Australia, 15.5 point start at $1.87. Pendereth to beat the Rabbits at $1.36 and the Cowboys to beat the Eels at a dollar sixty-nine. So I'm going for both the favourites, of course, in the NRL. Multi those four options together, and you'll get $6.75. Nice return for the weekend. Put uh, 10 bucks on that, $67.50 any day of the week. OK, it's uh, coming up to the news here. After that, we'll talk to Richard Turner, former All Black, of course, the one, the only pod.
2: From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on
3: SENZ. 10.04, just uh, trying to get hold of uh, Richard Turner. Uh, Shouldn't be too far away. But uh, in the meantime, there was uh, a really important game of football last night, of course, and that uh, was the All-Whites against the Socceroos. Uh, It was uh, played in front of a pretty full house, too, in Brisbane. I thought it was a wonderful game of football. And uh, the All-Whites, I think, gave as good as they got, to be fair. Um, and these are the highlights of the match.
8: He hasn't been playing too often of late, so they may take a little while just to find his groove. Now's a problem
12: here for Australia, and New Zealand should have opened the scoring. Andre de Jong got the wrong side of the defender. Australia struggled to deal with the long ball, and that should be 1-0 for the All-Whites. So left it a touch short for Bell and Jackson Irvine said, "I'll have that." Our mobile for Australia, mobile! Oh, wonderful, wonderful goal from Our Mobile. It's his first in nearly a year in Australian colours, and it lights up Suncorp Stadium. Nothing Ollie Sale could do. Australia in front.
11: Uh,
3: interesting wasn't it uh, 1-0 to uh, Australia More on that throughout the, the morning If we get the opportunity But uh, Richard Turner has uh, joined us uh, Pod good morning to you uh, Wow uh, there's been a bit of chat Going into this Test match tomorrow night The Bredisloe Cup's not up for grabs But you get the feeling there's a whole lot more on it uh, With Dave Rennie getting involved uh, Both coaches getting involved Of course in that amazing finish last week I can't wait
13: yeah, well, absolutely. It's, it's it's set up. I, I mean, I think they have really referred to the to the theatre of uh, of sports. So that's uh, that's certainly what it's it's going to provide on on Saturday. And uh, yeah, lot, lots of little elements uh, all coming together to make sure. Yep, that, that there might not be a, tr- a trophy on the line, but uh, but there'll be there'll be pl- plenty of uh, plenty of gusto out there, and, and both sides. You know, obviously looking to, to you know Australia looking to right the, the wrongs of last week, and 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 you know an All Black side that. Uh, in my mind, uh, still struggling to find a bit of form. Looking to, you know, looking to be a bit more consistent um, around their performance.
3: Before we get to that, mate, you've um, of course uh, seen the reaction to uh, Rico Ioani's reaction to uh, the Harker last week, and Dave Rennie's comments, of course, surrounding that. You've uh, led harkers, you've performed so many of them. What's your take on that issue?
13: Yeah, look, I'm actually, Smithy. When I first read it, I, I sort of, um, you know, so I sided, I sided a little bit with, with Dave Rennie. You know, I think it's, you know, from, from, from my perspective, it's it's a, it's a challenge. It's a sporting challenge, and and, and yeah, look, I mean, the respect thing, I think it's something that, that we've been we've been allowed to do as as a nation because it's part of our culture, part of our heritage. Um, but look, I, I you know, I've never I've never expected the the the, the, the people facing the huck of the opposition. Um, to, to you know, to, to have to stand there and 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 uh, and, and just look at it un, un, unmoved, if you like, and, and I like the fact that, that over the years some some um, some opposition sides have seen seen it as a challenge, accepted the challenge, and come up with their own challenge. And 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 I love as I, as I read deeper into Dave Rennie's explanation, you know, the fact that their, their challenge was shaped like a boomerang that has uh, has cultural significance to them. So. Uh, yeah, a little, little bit, little, you know, I think we're, it's one of those things we've just got to, you know, if, we, if we're thrown down a, a challenge, I think, um, you know, we've, we've got to be big enough to then accept whatever challenge the, the opposition throw at us.
3: Correct. Absolutely. My sentiments as well. Right. Uh, yesterday, Ian Foster named uh, his all-black side in the, the past uh, three weeks to a month. He's been very consistent with his starting 15 injuries aside uh, but there were a couple that raised a few eyebrows for me and uh, a lot of people in particular. Uh, what did you make of the selection?
13: Uh, look, yeah, I, I thought I thought given yeah, given that he had to make some changes, um, yeah, he had he had a couple of des- decisions to make. As you say, he's been been re- relatively consistent um, throughout the series and uh, and forced to make some changes. And then, <laughs> then obviously uh, that, that took that license to to make a couple uh, a couple of others. Um, yeah, the, the, probably the biggest one for me is is the Cody Taylor one. Um, you know, you, oh, may, maybe there's, a, you know, the, the adders that, that's um, Takiaho, Samatoni Takiaho, he's, he's had a big season, um, and, and are they looking to just, to just to rest him a little bit? But, but having said that, if you're going to rest him, you, you probably wouldn't put him in the squad because there's every chance he could be on in the, you know, the, the first few minutes of the game, and then he's going this, the, the distance again. So that, that's, that's, that's the interesting one for me. Um, you know, pretty, pretty stock standard on the Geordie at uh at second five. I think that was all that was always gonna happen. Um, you know, I think the the, the temptation to, to play uh Roger Touyvashek and a and, and give him a start in that twelve jerseys probably not there for them yet. Uh give you know, it's it's for, for him it's just getting it's getting time and the, and his time will come uh probably on that end of year tour where he'll get more uh, test minutes under his belt, and then and then you know probably be a, a serious consideration for uh for for that starting fifteen
3: what did you make of the loose forward mix? Then, um, are you happy with uh, around the around? Arty's confirmed at eight again. Uh, Dalton at seven and Akira uh, Ioani at six. Are you happy with that mix?
13: Yeah, I think I think so. Look, uh, and again, if you if you look through if you if you look through what we've been doing this season with 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 our, with our loose forwards, you know, obviously no Sam Kane, so so Dalton Dalton's the, the next cab off the rank there. Uh, Arty returns to to the position that they uh, that they they see him in, and 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 he is essentially the incumbent uh, in that eight jersey. And, and and so for me, the only real question mark was was around that uh, around that six jersey. So um, and, and again, you know, you look at Akira was on the bench, um, and and you know so th- therefore I guess the next cab off off the rank there. and and look you know he he's one of those players like uh, i mean he, he's as, a, as an all black fan pro- probably I sit there a little bit frustrated because he offers so much and 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 often we, we don't get um we don't get it all um but but the other side of that coin is I sit there as, a, as an all black fan and go I know he's got all this potential um and 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 you know is this a game that uh, that he puts it all together and throws it all out there for eighty minutes.
3: When you saw what unfolded in the last couple of minutes last week, uh, I mean, you've been involved in many of those situations where you're either protecting a lead or, or desperately trying to win a game in the last um, minutes or so. What, what were your thoughts around what happened there?
13: Yeah, look, look pra- 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 and, and my, my, my honest feeling at the, at the end of that, I, when, when we scored the try, I, obviously as an All Black fan, I was, I was happy we won it. And then I took a breath and I went, oh, you know what? We 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 probably didn't deserve to win it. Um, but but you know, and I look back at, at, at I think the big decision for me, the great decision that that, that 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 when we had the penalty that we went for the line out and not not um, not the penalty to draw the game, um, and and so Sam White like made that call and I was like, yep, that's I'm I'm happy with that call. And, and for me, um, that, that was our opportunity to to win the game and and, and we didn't get it right. Um, but we, we you know, obviously through the through the circumstances that. Uh, that, that, that rolled out. We uh, we did get another, another opportunity, and and yeah, I think in hindsight, yeah, again we got we got awarded a scrum. We didn't we, we didn't get awarded to try. We had to still earn that, and we and we managed to earn it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, in, uh, immediately after the game, I, as I say, I probably thought we didn't deserve to win it. But now that uh, now that the dust settled, and I've had a little bit of time to reflect on it, you know, I, I, yeah, I look back at it and go, you know what we. Yeah, we still we still had to score the try, and uh, and that wasn't a given, and we did that, so so uh, so we won it. But again, you know, you throw that all into the into the pot, and you start stirring it with with, uh, with the off-field comments, and uh, and it all sets up for a great grandstand this Saturday.
3: I'm sure one of the things that concerned Ian Foster, regardless of getting out of jail last week, was the fact that on two occasions they had healthy leads, on two occasions they gave those leads up, and in the end conceding 37 points. Um, is not going to win you many games when it gets really serious
13: yeah, that's right a hundred percent and and again you know coming back to that that word consistency you know they 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 were they were inconsistent through eighty minutes they were they were they were very good uh for, for minutes and then they were very bad for 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 the other minutes and, and and it's clearly that's something that that uh, that is a a work on for them but and and also a, a source of frustration as well. Um, and yeah, you look at the, the, the. Not only did we blow a couple of healthy leads, but we also blew a couple of uh, genuine try scoring opportunities. That um, you know, if you yeah, again as, uh, sitting as an All Black fan, I, I, I expect us to to, to take those ninety nine point nine times out out of out of a hundred, and, and and on two occasions uh we had tries that, uh, that that we that we um dead set blue and, and, and that's that's unusual for an all black team. So yeah, so are there's are still clearly within within that that um organisation there'll be some frustrations around their inability to, to, to you know to be consistent for eighty minutes and, and they'll be looking to to obviously to do something about that on Saturday.
3: Uh, the other thing which was uh, of interest, and it sort of polarised a few people, was the without Sam Kane of course, the decision of uh, Sam Whitelock to captain the side uh, over and above um, a lot of people's choice in Artie Sevilla. Would you make that?
13: Oh, I'm, I'm not 100% comfortable with that. And I, I, I didn't, didn't uh, t- to be fair Smithy, or <laughs> I don't know if it's my circle of friends, but um, I didn't even realise that that, that that was a, that was a debate um, yeah, I'm 100% comfortable. I see, I thought, thought he did a he did a good job when when he had to take over. Uh, I was happy with his decisions, and, and and again, referred to that decision at the end of the game to to, to, to try and win it, and not just not just draw it. So, uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm not, not no qualms whatsoever about uh, about um, Sam White being being the All Black captain. Richard,
3: uh, look at the end of this Test match. Of course, uh, this particular squad comes to an end. And then we look at the northern tour scenario. Um, have you have you really um, in the games you've done uh, with the NPC, uh, the games you've watched? Uh, are, are there anyone is there anyone really uh, knocking down the door here? Are, are there any players in the All Blacks in this particular Test match playing for their All Black futures? Do you you think it runs that deep?
13: Uh, no, I, I look. I, I think I think maybe that's maybe that's one that's one of the challenges we have at, at the moment. You know, we've always um, you know. If, Throughout the years, you know, we've always been blessed with a, with a, a huge depth of talent. Um, you know, we, we've got some challenges at, at the highest level in terms of uh, um, being able to perform at the highest stage against uh, on the international stage against um, international opponents that have seemingly progressed significantly over the last few years. So, you know, I think there's a, there is a real question mark around our, our depth of talent. and you know, it's a, it's a it's a it's a conversation that that we could we could drill down on. And I've got some strong, quite strong feelings on on why our pool of talent is shrinking. But yeah, well, I mean, there is there is some talent um, running around in, in in our national provincial championship at the moment. But are, are they are they um, are they potential All Blacks for the end of the year? Sure, not 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 sure. I think we've got um, you know we've got a. A good group of uh, of All Blacks in that environment at the moment that we just need to uh, you know to, and, I, and I referred to Roger Tuivasa-Shek. You know we've got a, we've got a few young front rowers in there that uh, that just need time in that environment, more time in that environment to just keep getting better at that international level. So I'm not sure. Maybe that, that again if you if, you know with the end of year tour we might see one or two um, plucked plucked out of that uh, provincial competition, but I I'm, I would be more surprised if that happened than than uh, than, than not
3: okay so um as the the game uh, unfolds tomorrow what are the key areas you'll be looking at in, in terms of uh dominance and and in the all black performance
13: yeah oh, again that, that word consistency I, I i want us to i want us to to you know to start well and then, and then just push on um you know, we we you know we 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 started this this international season with, you know, with with some issues around starting. Seem to have got that right, um, and, and now it's it's just it's just been bringing some consistency through. And also, you know, I, I want to see us try. Well, I want to see the fact that we're looking to do things a bit a, a bit differently. And I think one of my frustrations sitting there watching the All Black test throughout this. Throughout the season is, is, has been our um, lack of, of want or, or, or desire to, to, to change things. You know, we've obviously rolled out a game plan, um, and, and we've been hell bent on, on implementing that ga- game, game plan. Um, you know, come come hell or high water, and and, and, and most of the time, it, it you know it, it hasn't been overly successful, but we've, we we seem to be, uh, for whatever reasons, determined to, to see that game plan. Game plan through, and I I just I just like to see if if, you know we'll have a game plan going into Saturday, Um, and and I Mm. hope that game plan brings a bit of variety. Uh, But if that game plan that we do bring on Saturday doesn't seem to be working, I'd I'd really like to see um, you know some some field leadership there and and a a pivot and and change of direction with that game plan or or, or something different. I think that's uh, and and if we did see that, then uh, then. Got, got to the end, of, and you know what? Irrespective of the result, if we got to the end of it, and, and, and I saw all that, I could I could probably probably live with a, you know, the fact that and if it if it cost us a result, um, I'd be I'd I'd dwell on the bigger picture stuff.
3: Okay, interesting. Uh, just finally, I, I see someone uh, around about a won twenty three point three million dollars uh, during the week. <laughs> I, I would I would imagine they're looking to build looking to build houses. The fact that you're talking to me means it wasn't you. I'm, I'm, I'm but waiting. Uh, looking... first,
13: first, first of all, first of all, it wasn't me driving through. I we were picking up a, a, a lazy lotto ticket, unfortunately. And uh, and secondly, yes, Smithy, I'm I'm waiting for that phone call. I'm waiting for that phone call. We've got a lot of money to spend on build, building a house. Those people right
3: now. <laughs> okay, I'll be let you go then. Uh, always great to catch up, Pod. Uh, enjoy your company and uh, Cheers, working mate. with you as well. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Cheers, man.
13: Thank you. Thank you.
3: Yes, uh, thank you uh, Richard Turner there uh, with his thoughts uh, Looking for the word consistency from uh, the All Blacks Um, And um, I would imagine Ian Foster is uh, looking for that as well uh, As a comfortable win Uh, If they get into a position of dominance Not handing it back to Australia as they did twice last week That would be one area they address during the week I'm sure It is uh, coming up to uh, 10.19 We'll have a panel next And uh, looking forward to that.
2: He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Big
0: talk,
4: big opinions, the
0: panel.
3: Ross Carl is with us this morning. So to uh, Mark Hinton. And uh, let's get uh, stuck into this, uh, Ross Carl. A huge weekend, absolutely massive weekend uh, of sport, mainly focused on... Uh, Eden Park, what are you looking forward to the most? Can you single one out?
10: <laughs> I'm not the hugest football fan in the world, so I'll be going with the, uh, the All Blacks test test. I'm really interested to see how they continue from the progress they've made in recent weeks, and probably most of all, interested to see how Geordie Barrett will go for a full test match at 12. I think we've all wanted this, and for some reason Ian Foster's been super conservative and hasn't wanted this until now, so it'll be great to see him have a crack.
3: We, we've all wanted Ross, um, Will Jordan, it seems, at fullback as well, and we've also all wanted uh, at some point to, to find out about the uh, the abilities of Roger Tuovas Shek at this level, but we're going to have to wait for that by the look of things. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: pretty
10: difficult, isn't it? I suppose when you've got that many players and so many things to do. I, I can understand keeping Will Jordan on the wing, if you haven't wrapped up the rugby championship, you want to make as few changes as possible. And Bowden Barrett's been playing fullback through the back half of the test. Making as few changes as possible probably is the way to go, especially if you've got changes in other places. I kind of understand Roger Tuivar's check as well, because I think if you look at the way they've been using David Harvili, um, the kick game, is kind of triple threat game, which includes the kick, Right now, if you look at Roger Tuivasa-Shek, we do not know whether he's got that in his arsenal. And if that's their game plan, and we know Julie Barrett has it, then maybe giving Roger plenty of time off the bench is a better option, and then look towards that Japan game to give him his first start.
3: OK. Um, that, uh, that's an interesting theory. Uh, if he, uh, I imagine he'll be in the squad at that point. Mark Hinton, what have, what have you made of the, the selection uh, for this Test match?
8: Yeah, not really surprised, Smithy. Um I think Ian Foster's gone with um, with the familiar, with the reliable, um, you know, with the experience, really, for a Test match that has a lot on it, doesn't it? Not only for the All Blacks in terms of, look, let's face it, Melbourne, Melbourne was a loss in all but name, wasn't it? It was not a great performance. It was another step backwards from the All Blacks. Um, but they managed to scramble a victory with a little bit of help from the man, man with the whistle, and uh, and they've kept their championship hopes alive. So there's a heck of a lot on this game. Look, if, if, if I think if the rugby championship had been tucked away and it had been a, you know somewhat of the dead rubber, they might he might have been more tempted to look at the, the likes of Roger Tuivasa at twelve and Will Jordan at fifteen. But with so much on it, mate, I, you know I just think as a coach under pressure. Um, he's gone with those he trusts, and trust is the key word here. I just don't think he trusts Roger tuivasa Sheik at 12, just at the moment, he hasn't seen enough. Look, he's a fantastic uh, athlete, a fantastic sportsman, but unfortunately in rugby, he just hasn't proven himself yet at the very highest level. Hasn't had the chance to, to be fair, 11 minutes, I think, is all he's played in the black jersey so far. Um, but that trust element just isn't there with him, and that's a bit sad. Um, And in terms of Will Jordan, yeah, look, I, 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 like everybody, want to see him play in his best position. But you understand the compromise, don't you? You know, he's got Geordie Barrett, he's a very good fullback. He's got Bowden Barrett, he's equally good slotting in there. and Brings a lot of, uh, you know, uh, attributes with him. So I get the selection, Smithy, and I think it's a selection um, that is based entirely on winning a Test match that the All Blacks desperately need to win.
3: The Harker, response to the Harker, it's, uh, it just rears its ugly head every now and then, uh, Mark Hinton. Uh, what have you made of uh, Dave Rennie's reaction to Rico Ioane's reaction?
8: Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Really, I think Dave Rennie is um, a little bit of a mischief maker here, isn't he, bringing this up on, uh, you know, in, in the lead-up to the test. Um, look, was, is it really a big issue with the All Blacks? I think Rico Ioane might have got a bit carried away. Look, I, I loved it. I loved the fact that the Wallabies conjured a response. I loved the fact that they took that boomerang formation. I thought it looked awesome. And look, the Haka is a challenge, and a challenge um, merits a response. So I'm not sure why Rico Ioani got upset about it, um, but I think his blood was boiling for, so, for some reason, maybe other than that. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll have to hear that from him, I guess, in, in the fullness of time. But look, it's another talking point. It's created another little edge. um, And it it, it all adds to what's going to be an intriguing Saturday night. The Wallabies are rightly, can I use the word, pissed off? I mean, they're really annoyed at at the events of Marvel Marvel Stadium, aren't they? And this has got more on it, I think, than people realise. You know, there's simmering discontent in the Australian camp around how things played out. And and just how they come out on Saturday night, Smithy, is going to be intriguing because the Harker thing, you know, the Darcy Swain thing, the Matthew Raynal thing—they all add up to a little bit of a little bit of edge, a little bit of anger, a little bit of well, I don't like to use the word hate, but it, you know that that sort of animosity is there. Look, it, it's going to be an intriguing test on whether Rafa forget the football on Sunday, although you know, it's always good to see if you always play at home, but Saturday night is when all the drama's going to happen, for sure.
3: Okay, Ross Carl with us this morning, and Mark Hinton will take a very quick news break uh, with Araha, and when we come back, plenty more to uh, mull over on the panel.
0: There, talk to me, yeah.
3: Ross Carl with us this morning, as is Mark Hinton. A couple of things in the news there which are are of interest. Um, Ross Carl in particular, uh, Roger Federer, is he your GOAT? Uh, (laughs)
10: The GOAT conversation, he's definitely my favourite tennis player. Um, He just made it look beautiful. I love his his confidence without arrogance. I, I just love everything about him and I love how him and Rafael Nadal are obviously so close and their careers kind of help define each other and I think it's a wonderful moment and a wonderful
3: gesture to have them together in that at the end. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, and uh, also um, Robbie Williams is uh, totally engrossed in the AFL, the Cats and the Swans. Uh, Ross, uh, I know it's uh, on Sky Television. It'll rate pretty highly in some areas. Uh, what do you, uh, will you even give it any cursory attention,
10: will you? Uh, I'll, I'll give it a quick watch I have bad memories of AFL grand final day I um, ruined my shoulder one day at halftime, got into the game and after a couple of beers we all decided to go outside and try to get a couple of speckies and jump on each other's shoulders <laughs> fell down and spent two days in hospital afterwards so I, oh I'm going to keep off the booze but I'll watch the game
3: Watch that shoulder, man uh, Look, hey, uh, what about uh, what about you on those two issues, Mark Hinton um, In terms of uh, Roger Federer, first of all And the AFL at the MCG
8: Yeah, look, I love Roger, like Ross um, I, I love his smoothness, I love his class I love that eloquent, um, single-handed backhand That was just a Beautiful sight, uh, beautiful rhythm. Um, fantastic player. Whether he's the GOAT, I think, is open to debate because, it, I mean, I think he shared centre stage through a wonderful era with uh, Rafa Rafa Nadal, who, who you know who contrasted, really, in, in terms of style with him, but was equally successful. And also uh, with Djokovic in more recent years, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of this as a person, but wonderful tennis player. So I think, um, whether he's the GOAT, I'm not so sure, but was he fantastic to see was he a, is he a true great of his sport absolutely and um i hope he signs off in style because was wonderful to see and as for the afl i too will be watching i spent four four and a half days in melbourne um <laughs> last week smithy or the week before and um it's good. Well, that was enough to be immersed in the sport they just love over there and so um it's so different isn't it it's, it's so unusual, and a, a couple of my colleagues went along. They were there early and went along to a match and reported back to me that it's absolutely better um, to take in in person than it is on the, on, the, on the screen. So, um, yeah, worth a watch just for in, the intrigue value of something a bit different. Um, yeah, a bit like, like ice hockey, yeah, a little bit like
3: ice hockey for me in that regard too. Uh, I think Mark uh, being there is, um, I think, twice the value of watching it on the, in the telly in that regard. Um, Mark, also, um, I'm just watching some of these scores. Now, the T20 World Cup is just around the corner. Uh, and I look at that tournament and I think to myself, any one of six or seven sides could win it, which is, makes it a great spectacle. We know it's going to be played on great pitches. And in the last two days, we've seen Pakistan unbelievably chase down 199 without losing a wicket overnight, 203 for none. And Australia chased down India's 208 for six. Um, and they did with that uh, with four balls to spare. So. Uh, New Zealand, are, to be contenders in this, are going to have to set a very high bar.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's exciting, isn't it? Great to have Pakistan back in the mix, you know, um, playing at a very high level because, you know, they have some tremendous cricketers. So, uh, just adds to it, doesn't it? And the evolution of the game, I mean, you know, we, it used to be 150, 160 was a pretty defendable score, and now 200, you're sweating to defend it. So... Uh these these batsmen these days with their creativity, Smithy, I mean you would enjoy it as much as anybody. It's just unbelievable shots they play now, especially behind the wicket. Um and although some say it's, it's ruining the spectacle, uh, the traditionalists, I guess, would say that to me. I, I just lap it up. I just think it's fantastic. Teams can teams can rattle off 220 overs. Just unbelievable the consistency they now do it with. So long may it continue. And you are right. That T20 World Cup is anybody's game. And right now, the Black Cats look like they've got a lot of work to do.
3: They do. They absolutely do. Uh, Ross Carl, there is uh, boxing on uh, Sky at the weekend involving one fellow by the name of Joseph Parker. Immense interest in this and an opportunity for viewers.
10: Yeah, absolutely. To tune in Sunday morning, it should be an absolute ripper. Um, Parker versus Joyce. Joyce, obviously, at 37, has come into it pretty old. So he knows he's got to get it done pretty quickly. And I suppose the big criticism of Joseph Parker is whether he's wanted it that much and whether he needs to want it now so i'll be interested to see what parker does in this fight because joe joyce is a knockout artist parker through the back half of his career hasn't been really he hasn't knocked out anyone of any note since maybe dimitrenko like six or seven years ago he's really got unanimous decisions in the big wins he's struggled to knock him out so i wonder whether he'll be able to do that and Parker has such a wonderful chin um, that I wonder whether Joyce can knock him out. So we might be going the distance again, so those Sky viewers will get their money's
3: worth. Uh, and also in terms of uh, the All-Whites coverage at the weekend, uh, of course, it's uh, Ross, it's Winston Reid's final game, so a bit of a send-off uh, Winston Reid. I thought they were very good last night, the All-Whites, just by the by. Uh, and uh, you've got uh, someone special in, as part of your uh, commentary mix. Yeah,
10: you don't often see him, but uh, Ryan Nelson is coming up. Uh, managed to get him, he's in the country, managed to get him on. So it's going to be a big night for football. You'll have Winston Reid at the ground, you know, you'll have Danny Hay at the ground, you'll have Ryan Nelson at the ground. We're talking about possibly all of the greatest players in New Zealand football, who are all going to be in the same place at the same time on Sky Sports. So Ryan Nelson, I'm sure, will give plenty of insight. And of course, having been there at the start of Winston Reid's career in 2010, I'm sure he'll be able to talk a lot about how he as a player has developed and,
3: become one of the all-time greats. Uh, also uh, on... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we just need Winton Roofer to be there, actually. Um, I, I, I just look at the the weekend of rugby, and even though it's disappeared from our uh, grasp here in Hawke's Bay, hell of a Ranfurly Shield game in prospect here, uh, Mark Hinton, uh, earlier in the day. Wellington against uh, Waikato. How do you think that might go?
1: Well... Wow.
8: It could, anything could happen here, Smithy. We're talking about Wellington. You know, what a fantastic. I know that was, uh, uh broke your heart a little bit, seeing the Magpies mm-hmm. lose it, but, um, um, what a fantastic challenge from them. But now, can they back it up? Can they defend it? Can they, you know, show that, I guess, consistency we want to see from the All Blacks? That's the challenge, isn't it? The sort of mercurial Wellington team, they've got to, you know, they've got to back it up against the Waikato. Side that will be smarting coming off a defeat um, have played very very well this year. Look, a well organised group with some very um, uh, excellent young talents coming through. So, I, look, it could be another classic. That was a fantastic match last week. Um, um, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed what Wellington brought to the occasion, and of course, uh, you know, it has been a, been a uh, all too short from your perspective, Smithy, but. You know, a quality sort of little era there from, from Hawke's Bay. And great to see the Shield moving around. Look at provincial rugby. We keep saying this, but it's the, it is the lifeblood of the New Zealand game. And the Shield is, is kind of one of the most interesting parts of provincial rugby. So I'm expecting another great challenge. But look, I like this Wellington team. I think they've got X-Factor galore in their back line. And I, I actually expect them to hold on to it. So let's see what happens. And look, for, for your punters... Get on Joseph Parker at over $2. I think he's not a bad bet. I I, I really like him to win that fight.
3: (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, Uh, Ross Carl has been with us this morning, as has uh, Mark Hinton. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Enjoy the weekend of sport. I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Plenty to talk about uh, in the early stages of uh, next week as well. Uh, That was the panel. We'll have uh, another one on Tuesday. Uh, around about the same time. They might have one on Monday if they deem it fit, but uh, on Tuesday, of course, for some of us, um, some of us there will be uh, uh, observing a holiday um, to uh, mark the passing of uh, Queen Elizabeth Elizabeth II. Uh, Others will be at work. Uh, Ross Carl, Mark Hinton are always at work. Thank you very much.
2: Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SNZ.
3: Right, we have very uh, special programming this weekend here on SENZ. Tune in on Saturday night to listen to a special edition of Bleeding Black. They'll be taking your calls and texts from 6 o'clock. And they, uh, I mean Ricardo Ball and Dan Bowden, breaking down all the action from Eden Park. So they'll they'll be looking at, uh, of course, the Black Ferns and the All Blacks. Then on Sunday morning, it's Bleeding Black, the morning after. Mark Watson will be in the studio from 8 o'clock till 11 o'clock. Uh, 8am to 11am with all the reaction and the review, plus your chance to call and text as well. And uh, events uh, uh, at Eden Park on Saturday and Saturday night will uh, dictate whether you're uh, happy or sad, I would imagine. But Mark Watson will be very keen to take your responses on what you have witnessed. A couple of uh, texts uh, have also come in. Morning Ian, great listening to Wayne Smith's Clarity of Thought and ideas. Your callers are reflecting the frustration concerned around the All Blacks. Knee-jerk reactions and selections are not allowing players to develop confidence and cohesion. Anyway, go hard, the All Blacks, and we hope it will be a cracking game. Brian, uh, this uh, from Craig. Smithy, when consider- con- uh, comparing the All Blacks and the Australian teams, I believe there is not much in it. Maybe even a slight advantage to Australia. They had us in the scrum slightly or not much in it. Loose forwards outplayed us. Midfield at full strength, I think Australia probably have us again. And the back three is very close. So uh, Craig is forecasting a very close one. Uh, Another reflection as well. It is frustrating that uh, the uh, All-Whites play their first series against Australia and have their first game at home in five years on Sunday. And there is so little coverage. Uh, Your journalist guests basically declined to talk about it. Why is football so badly treated by New Zealand sports media? last night was an intriguing game and we have perhaps the best talent in generations but they need help from you guys to get the attention so much racing and greyhounds very little football i think a fair observation i think a very fair observation fact of the matter of course they haven't played australia for what 11 years and uh, of course the other thing is they haven't been able to play at home for quite some time so we haven't been able to highlight them Uh, but you're right uh, it is it is a situation where they have to play second fiddle, particularly um, at this time of the year, and uh, the fact that they're clashing with uh, key All Black and Black Fern engagements too uh, doesn't help their cause. But I personally thought they played very well last night, we were a tad unlucky not to come away with some of the spoils, and we'll be looking forward to game two on uh, Sunday night as a farewell to Winston Reid too. It's 10:50. Uh, we'll be saying hello to Louis Herman. Watt again? and to Pip Morris very shortly.
2: This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ.
4: The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan.
3: All right, uh, racing begins in earnest tonight. Actually, uh, there is racing at Gore today down south, but uh, also at Mooney Valley with the uh, Moya Stakes. Uh, and then, of course, we lead into Classic Fields um, in Australia and racing at Ruakaka and Awapuni. Uh, it's a dream, Louis. It's a dream, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It is a dream, Smithy. Um, and Oh, and I can't say that at all. What? <laughs> it's, it's. Oh, I can't even say. Look, it's really damp down. I used the word damp down at Awapuni tomorrow, mate. Um, it's really, really soaks down there. So I don't know whether they'll. Ho- I'm hoping we'll do anything that I'll get some racing because obviously we had Woodville abandoned yesterday. But it's really, really uh, damp down there underfoot at Awapuni. Ruakaka will be good at the beach, but as you point out tonight, the Moya Stakes and Well, we, there are some uh, chances absolutely across the board here. It looks like it's going to be a very fast tempo up front. and Gata will fly from barrier one. Uh, We've got uh, Generation, Malkovich, they all like to go forward. Zoo style, Rothfire will be somewhere near the speed. Polelli will sit in behind them. We will extremely lucky be, probably back in the run. What about the Inferno, the toppy? Uh, it was unreal, fresh up really, wasn't it? Second up, four wins from Fiverr Cracks. $16.420. I reckon what you do is you have two bets. You take one of the front markers in case the p- p- pace isn't too hot, and you get one off the top. And then in case they all cut each other's throats up front, you have a back marker. So for me, I'll split my bets. I'll go cool and get a barrier one, six dollars fifty two thirty, and then I'll go the Inferno as a back marker, sixteen bucks and four twenty. That's how I'll play the muir. Uh, massive race day on Sunday as well, Smithy. I'm thunderstruck, Mister Brightside. Zaki, it's a small field I do wonder if Zaki can stack them up like he does when he gets the lead and maybe drop mm. them with that turn of foot but saying that I'm Thunderstruck has just gone to another level this prep and over 1800 metres he might even be better
3: Very brave, very brave horse Louis, there's so much to look forward to uh, we'll catch up uh, in the early part of next week as a, a bit of a review, punt well uh, let's get across to, to Pip Morris though who also has a very busy weekend just starting today Greyhounds, Addington and Palmerston North, and heaps of sport betting.
4: Good morning, Smitty. This certainly is really like a dog in race number three at Addington called No Poise. She's 1.9 now trading there, but look, she's qualified really nicely in a 17.42, and I like the fact that Gary Cleave is trucking her straight over the 520 metres. As far as All Blacks betting goes, best back Power play New Zealand to win by 11 to 20, with that refund of New Zealand win by 6 to 10, or 21 to 25 at 2 dollars and, 50 cents. and there'll be a couple of boosted options as well on the All Blacks game available later on this afternoon or this morning to check out those. Cowboys-Eels game, best back for the first try scorer, is Val Holmes, currently trading at $15. And Holmes, Tom Bearden and Mike Sevo best back for any time try scorer there, Smithy. And on the Panthers, Rabbitohs, Nathan Cleary, best back any time try scorer. Not much happening on the first try scorer, but there has been a popular power play which is a field goal successful in the match at 6.50 and check out the same game multi and winning team and margin bonus
3: acts available as well. Look forward to uh, a really busy weekend. Uh, Pip will catch up with you uh, next week. Have a great weekend yourself and thanks for your help uh, during this week. Uh, after this particular news break coming up, uh, we're going to be going to uh, talk uh, NBL. Yeah, it's uh, the Blitz at the moment is on. And Liam Santamaria uh, is going to be uh, part of that. He's an NBL analyst, uh, host of the Huddle podcast. Uh, we'll chat to him about uh, the Breakers, their new uh, import, who's uh, particularly high on the agenda for the NBA draft next year as well. That's coming up very shortly. In the meantime, is Ottawa.
2: From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: four here on uh, SCNZ and uh, we always like uh, once a week at least to get uh, stuck into uh, the greyhound r- racing industry and uh, meet one of their personalities and today uh, our personality is uh, Mr Dave Byrne and Dave is uh, a member of the uh, Greyhound Racing Club board from uh, an Auckland racing point of view uh, Dave good morning to you Good morning you did you uh, partake in the awards night the other night? Did you travel?
14: No, 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 no. I'm a bit, a bit old to do that now, but uh, definitely interested in what went on and good to see so many young people do so well.
3: Well, that is the the guts of it, isn't it? Uh, the, the youth of the industry, uh, uh, you've been a stalwart of it, but uh, uh, there's no future without youth.
14: Uh, e- exactly, and I'm sort of in my mid-70s now, so I was born born into the... Racing rugby and beer um, fraternity, and uh, enjoyed thoroughbred racing first, and, uh, and dabbled in that for a little while, and then got into the greyhounds uh, when I uh, many years later, when the thoroughbreds just became too expensive for me.
3: Okay, so uh, that was one of the reasons you, you crossed over. Did you find the transition easy?
14: Oh, it actually happened by um, by chance. I. Uh, was have a had a dog and we were walking in a in a park early one morning i worked in the transport industry so i was there just on daylight and we were walking in the park and a guy was walking along he had three greyhounds on a lead and a, a fourth one was uh awfully uh, challenging having a game with him so every time he approached to catch it with the other three she would dance around and head off and, uh, so I said to him, look, my old guy, he's as friendly as hell. I'll let him go and let's see if we can catch him. So I caught the little girl for him and brought it back to him. And he said, oh, she'll win tonight. And he uh, uh, gave me a name of Lovelock. So uh, certainly I went to the TAB that afternoon and backed the dog. And he gave me a description of how the race would run. And it went right to plan. And I was hooked.
3: My God, that is a hell of a story. Uh,
14: and and he yeah.
3: got a divvy. You got a divvy.
14: Yeah, I got a divvy. Yes, yes. He said to me, this thing will lay back three or four on the rails. It's drawn box three, but don't worry. It's a 548 meter race coming into the home straight. The, the, the leaders will peel off and she'll come through. And look, it just happened like there was a jockey on board. So I thought, oh, this is magic. So uh, I followed up and went off to Manukau and watched a few meetings and uh, and sort of got involved from there.
3: Brilliant story. Absolutely love it, Uh, Dave. uh, And it got you deeply hooked because, of course, not only do you you like the industry, you administer the industry and have done for quite some time. Um, Listen, what are the biggest challenges from your point of view for Greyhound Racing?
14: Our challenge is really getting our story out. Um, There is so much misinformation about the sport uh, that... um, it's, it, there's an agenda with people, and yes, they may be offended, but it doesn't mean that they're right. And uh, we try and right those wrongs by, um, especially at our club, uh, we have an open day uh, that we run, which really, for all the people who have retired greyhounds or people who are interested in having a greyhound, and basically we bring them along and show them what their day job was. And, uh, you know, we go through the, the kenneling and the vet checks um we walk them around show them the starting boxes explain the track and how the dogs gallop and how we have to have a track that will provide um, absorption when the paw goes in and traction when it comes out and you know all the ins and outs from there and just um, and uh, you know, and just so they go away with a little bit of knowledge there and we have obviously a veteran to, to talk to them we have trainers that come along and talk to them and people enjoy it it's about 90 minutes and it's a it's a great day out
3: Okay, so when is that, uh, Dave? How do we get involved?
14: When we get involved, we normally uh, Wa- Waikato, Jenny Bartlett down in the Waikato started it. it at Auckland, we normally hold ours around once a year around about March uh, although uh, we've been asked if we could do it more than that and we're more than certain happy to do that so uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's just it's just a way of bringing, you know, bringing the two sides the retirement side and the racing side together
3: the, the other uh, thing that you put on as well is the Great Global Greyhound Walk. Tell us a wee bit about that.
14: Well, the Great Greyhound Global Walk started in the UK. Uh, our involvement in it as a club is just really to promote it. Uh, Gap, New Zealand, run it here. Um, the walk in Auckland is at Cornwall Park on Sunday at 10am. Uh, but there are walks, Ian, from uh, Kerry, Kerry in the north, uh, Invercargill in the south, and i uh, have to be a john grinnell and sing. you know i've walked everywhere to try and give you all the destinations but anybody looking to to get to to take a retired greyhound um look it's a perfect time to come along and walk and talk because not only do you adopt a hound you you know you adopt a, a retirement community and for me i've got a little girl here she'll be 10 year old tomorrow and uh I meet through her. I've met a group of friends. Some of them are even new friends over the last three or four years that are half my age. But we meet and we go walking together and we go to dog parks when they have a law free run. run, And every now and then we head out to the wild west coast right on dawn to a desolate beach, (laughs) Maves, and uh, they have a blast on the beach and think they're all youngsters again.
3: Sounds brilliant. Absolutely brilliant and very healthy as well. Uh, Dave Byrne, you've also... Um, really studied the breeding side of the industry. I know it's a massive focus uh, in the thoroughbred industry, um, the standard breeds as well. Not so much talked about it in the greyhound racing industry, but you believe there's a genuine science to it?
14: Oh, most certainly. Our problem is, and you know, we don't have the auction system that we have uh, in New Zealand that they have you know, in, in the both of the codes. So for me, you know, I love the theatre of an auction and I love a catalogue and uh, the breeding that uh, greyhound is, the greyhound industry is just not big enough to hold those auctions that bring new people into the sport. But um, there's a science to it and um, the bloodlines, the importance of bloodlines is important, important and also you learn a lot um, in terms of the crosses that work and uh, the, the, these crosses, when you take a sire and a dam or a sire line and a dam line that works once, it'll work uh, in many cases over and over again. So it's fascinating. And I've been lucky enough to form a friendship with a chap in Aussie called David Brass, who's the absolute guru of greyhound breeding. And I catch up with him. And uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> they say with breeding, you know, racing's a fascinating, interesting sport until you get stuck in a lift with a breeding buff like me.
3: Do we, still, um, do we still, Dave, import a lot of uh, dogs from the breeding point of view from overseas? Uh,
14: our, the breeding, the, the importation levels have dropped partly because the state money in Australia has risen highly and therefore uh, some of the country tracks in Australia that just two or three years ago were running for $700 a race are now running for $2,500 a race. So uh, yes, there's still the dogs that come here. most of them are a little bit of iffy chasers in Australia where they run into a catching pen whereas here they come on to a finish on lure and, and they focus on their job and, and run a little and you know run truer. So that is why the majority of dogs cross the Tasman.
3: And uh, the, of course j- just to finish there's always the the age-old argument you talk about the bad press or the, the wrong side of the press that you get. About the welfare of the dogs isn't there?
14: it is, and look I can tell you I can tell you the trainers that I' have been involved with, the kennels I have been in, and I just welcome anybody to come along to a kennel or come along to a race meeting or come along to an open day and to form their own opinion um, because I would never harm a dog, and I would never stand in front of anybody harming a dog because um They are your heart and soul, and to the trainers, they're like family, and they treat them like family, and I was lucky enough to have dogs for 15 years with the late Henny and Leo Larglin, and the dogs came first. In every possible way, the dogs came first, and just tremendous people, and the most kind people you'd ever meet.
3: Well, the Monaco uh, Greyhounds are in operation this Sunday, folks. Uh, if you want to get along, the first race is at uh, two minutes past one, and there are 12 races taking you through to uh, nine minutes past five. So a wonderful afternoon of entertainment, uh, good chance to meet people, find out more about the industry as well as those other opportunities that Dave Byrne has mentioned for us this morning Dave, uh, thank you very much for your time Uh, look forward to um, more from the Greyhound racing industry as we continue our association with them here on SENZ thank you Dave, all the best
14: many thanks Ian, all the best, cheers
3: it It is. Uh, Dave Byrne there, who is uh, a member of the uh, Board of uh, Control for the Auckland Greyhound racing industry up there, and a uh, very healthy industry it is, and very, very strong too in the South Island. It's uh, 11.13 here on uh, SENZ. We're going to bring Stump Smithy forward. That's what we're going to do. We've made a board decision ourselves. Uh, we've got uh, a big last half hour, and including talking some basketball action, so... To heck with it. We're going to change our rhythm. It might throw me off. It might not. Get on the blower. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. It's time to stump Smithy.
2: The voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Ian Smith's had a good match here.
4: Stumped by Smithy.
14: Ian Smith really is top class at his job.
12: Yes, we are switching things up a little bit here on SNZ with uh, Mornings with Ian Smith, sorry, a little bit hazy there. All right, up for grabs today is a $50 TAB bonus bet. Smithy, such a massive weekend of sport. You reckon we can uh, tip things off early with a big one here from you? It'd
3: be nice. It would be nice to give uh, double incentive uh, come uh, Monday, Tuesday, uh, the early part of next week, so uh, as a sort of said before some people will be at work uh monday some won't depending on uh, uh the way your employer sees it um <laughs> or your personal preference actually your personal preference too and on, on the back of um just remembering the passing of uh, queen elizabeth ii so we won't be here as a show as such we'll be having uh between 10 and 2 um staffy will be
12: on with a special guest i'm led to believe Logan Swinkle. Yes, this is, and and it's not me, Um, he's gone much, much better. Jeremy Paul is such a highlight on his show during the week on Fridays, he's sticking around, he's staying in the country, and uh, he'll be doing the whole show in studio with Stafford, and by the way, if you ever see Stafford dressed up, he is dressed up today, he is looking very flash, so he is ready for a big day, I'll tell you that. My God, is he what?
3: That is, that is super special. Is um, the the phrase uh, on a promise sort of uh, seems to come to mind, but I'm not sure that it necessarily does. We'll be officially talking to staff just before midday about that standard of dress, but uh, he's just putting on his headphones oh, chipping as in as now. Here's staff Yeah, just coming in to get the studio to the right temperature for Sam Smithy. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, that's important. That's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Jeremy. Jeremy Paul Monday, yeah. Yeah, I've just just
12: had confirmed that I'm. Uh, he's going to come in for the whole show, so I've got a co-host for the for the first time ever for the whole four hours. Whoa, he's man. delayed
2: his return back to Australia after the is low, and he's
3: going to co-host with me ten till two on Monday. And that makes the tomorrow night's result even more important then, doesn't it? To so you much.
14: He will love it or <laughs> I will love it. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, staff, we'll catch up just before midday. Thanks uh, for that. Uh, Rightio, Logan, what have we uh, got uh, as contestants today and what have we got as categories?
12: Uh, well, first of the crease, we have Brad from Dunedin. Come in, Brad. Fellas, how are we? We're good. We're very good, Brad. Um,
3: not so sure that we're confident. Our win loss ratio is about uh, we've won five and lost ninety five. If you get my drift, but uh, we're happy to do so if you're good enough. So, uh, what are the what are the subjects today, please, Logan?
12: There's always time to turn things around, Smithy. The topics today, though, for you, Brad, are cricket, golf, and the All Whites. Mm. Go cricket, eh? Oh, I like the way you Ooh. contemplated that. All right, good luck to you. Here we go. Smithy is—he's uh, rubbing his keeping gloves together. He's ready to go. First delivery for you, here, Brad. Who are the two players that New Zealand cricket added to their central contract list recently?
15: Ah, uh, no. And was it Finn Ellen?
12: That's a couple of chips Ooh. down the wicket. Right in the slot, and where it goes. Was it ever the way Finn Allen's been playing lately, eh, Smithy? Yeah, well, I
3: think fully justified, both of them, actually. Um, I think uh, Tickner's got a lot to offer as well. So one from the Central Stags, one from the Wellington Firebirds, and one to Brad from
12: Dunedin. Yep, second question for you, Brad. Which women's BBL team, that's the Big Bash, has White Ferns opener Susie Bates signed with? Oh. Is it
15: one of the two she's already played for? uh, Would
12: it be the strikers?
0: One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field.
12: Just putting you on edge a little bit there, Brad. Over to you, Smithy. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go the Melbourne Stars. Don't know for sure. Melbourne Stars. One of the worst things I have ever seen
0: done on a cricket field. (laughs)
12: The correct answer is the Sydney Sixes and get this lineup: who she is joining, Alyssa, Alyssa Healy, Sophie Eccleston, Elise Perry, and Ash Gardner. So all of a sudden they've gone from struggling to probably one of the contenders. I would say,
3: Yep, absolutely. That's a hell of a lineup. That's a hell of a lineup. Um, and then you complement that with the talent that they've got in Australia. Uh, they'd be on the favourites list to uh, to take that out, right? So as Brad is, he only
12: has to get this one right. Yep, last question for you Brad Now a batting coach for the White Ferns Sarah McGlashan began her ODI career back in 2002 What year was her final ODI for New Zealand?
14: Oh god
5: Geez Sarah McGlashan um, 2000
15: 2004
12: Thirteen.
0: One of the worst things Ooh. I have ever seen done on a cricket field.
12: All right, Smithy, he's he's whiffed on the oh, delivery. It's over to you.
3: Yeah, I know. And uh, I was thinking around about five or six years she's been out of the equation. So wasn't in the last World Cup. I'm not sure she was in the one before that either. I'm going to say closer to 2015. 2015
12: for me. One of the worst things
0: I oh. have ever seen done
12: on a cricket field So, so close Smithy. February 24 2016 against Australia uh, at Mount Mung Nui uh, What I meant to say is the 2015 2016
3: season but uh, there you go <laughs> I, can't claim on, I can't claim on that tech, I, I cannot claim on that technicality so we've done it again, we've handed 50 bucks to Brad and uh, hey Brad stay on the line Brian, will take uh, your details off you. We'll get that money to you as soon as possible. Have a great weekend of sport. What's the highlight going to be for you, mate?
15: Ah, oh, can't go past the ABs. Um, um, what are you thinking? It'll be, a, it'll be a tight one, eh?
3: Yeah, I think it'll be very tight. Very, very tight. I think it'll be a great spectacle. Uh, I think, the, I think the, the record at Eden Park will be retained, but it'll, be, uh, it'll take a lot of hard work, and I think there'll be some nerves for a while. Brad, have a terrific weekend. Thanks for taking part. Right, cheers, team. Is, uh, and it's uh, 11.25 here on SENZ. Well, the Aussie NBL's preseason blitz wraps up this weekend and the New Zealand Breakers are in the thick of it, taking on the defending champion Sydney Kings tomorrow night as they look to pick up their first win of the NBL Blitz and Tobin McCrombie of course though without him he's undergone surgery following the torn retina injury that saw him leave the breakers game against Brisbane last Sunday wish him all the best on the line now is uh, NBL analyst and host of the huddle podcast and that is Liam Santa Maria Liam good morning to you
15: good morning thanks for having me on
3: no, thanks for being here, man. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, your impressions of, uh, hopefully, the NBL next star, and uh, i I trusting my French here. Um, he is, of course, uh, for the Breakers and Ryan Rupert. What have you made of him so far pre-season?
15: Well, he's been the standout for the Breakers, uh, no doubt about it, over the course of what they've done in the Blitz to this point. He, he has been... He's been sensational, to be honest. I mean, I had high expectations for him coming into this season. You know, he he begins his kind of campaign with the Breakers as a projected first-round pick for next year. Um, And yet he's even exceeded those expectations in the early going. I mean, he comes out, he has 12 points and three steals in their first game at the Blitz and was really the shining light for Modi Mayor's squad, uh, knocking down a couple of triples and... Um, you know getting after it defensively and then in their second game um, he was really really outstanding 17 points and eight rebounds off the bench um, he's gone six of 11 from three over the course of the two games thus far so the, the three-point shooting the playmaking off the dribble they're they um, elements of his game that nba scouts are looking to see um, improvements in and he's really put them on display in an impressive way over the first couple of games. So a great start to his year in the NBL thus far.
3: Well, Liam, just to explain to our listeners the significance of being um, in the first few picks on the first draft. I mean, how just how big is that? And financially, how big could it be?
15: Yeah, well, it's massive. I mean, if you're a first-round pick, essentially you you come out of the draft with a guaranteed contract. But then from there, um, as you kind of can uh, increase your draft stock and get selected earlier and earlier in the draft, each position you are higher in that first round, um, the bigger your salary right out of the gate. And you're talking millions of dollars on the line. Uh, Now, of course, the bigger deal uh, after that is is how well does your game translate to the NBA? And can you come in there, impress, uh, play well in your first couple of seasons in the in the league and then really cash in from there after you come out of your rookie-scale deal? So that's, of course, what Lamelo Ball's done over the first couple of years of, of his NBA career out of the NBL. That's what Josh Giddy did tremendously last season and we're hoping that's what former breaker uh, Uzman Jiang is able to do this season. But... Um, certainly, in his first couple of games in preseason, Rupert has done no harm whatsoever to his draft stock. Um, the, the the draft analysts, the scouts, the front office executives are watching closely every step of the way for a kid like this ahead of next year's draft, and um, you know he's he's off to a flying start.
3: Well, Liam, you've been uh, speaking uh, to one of those uh, front room men in uh, new coach uh, Modi Mayor. As part of your podcast, the huddle. Uh, what have uh, What have you made of of Modi in his initial uh, part of the role in the in the blitz? And uh, do you have optimism about the season under him?
15: Well, he's full of enthusiasm, um, and we kind of you know we suspected that would be the case. I mean, he's just a he's just an enthusiastic, um, high energetic guy, um, and you know players have over the last couple of years enjoyed working with him as an assistant coach. Just speaking with guys uh, off the record and then what they've told the media on the record, players like Finn Delaney and Tom Abercrombie, Will McDowell White, they really speak highly of of working with Modi Mayor but when you slide over into the big chair, um, things change you're no longer a sort of a workout guy a development coach, a guy that just gives suggestions, Uh, it's on you to to make the big calls and to um, get your team playing at a high level and thus far across the preseason they've been up and down Um, their first couple of hit outs In New Zealand um, against South East Melbourne, there was some good signs. They looked pretty good defensively. um, But so far at the Blitz, it's been a bit of a rocky road. They went down to Brisbane by 12. They got up big early and then they let it all slip away. And then it was the opposite story against Illawarra. They got down big early and then um, they came storming back but weren't able to get over the line. So they've got some tidying up to do. 19 turnovers in their last game. Against Dillawarra, they dominated the rebounding count, but they, they couldn't look after the ball. So um, very much a work in progress at the offensive end. Um, but I do have optimism for this squad over the course of this year. The fact that they're going to be having a, a normal season again after two grueling campaigns on the road, a full slate of home games. Um, they just need to sort of start coming together a little bit more as a group, get their imports up and going and um, you know, hit the ground running.
3: They do need to hit the ground running. You make a very good point there, Liam, because they lost, uh, I think, uh, even though they had the, the COVID issues to deal with, it, it just went downhill at such a great rate of knots last year towards the end. Mm. Uh, the expectations, um, you know, I think from a public point of view, and they do have a great fan base here in New Zealand, it, it just did it some damage. They need a good
15: start. Yeah, got to get a good start. Um, that's so often the case in the NBL. Now, that was even more important the last couple of seasons where they were stuck on the road um because once they got down in terms of the standings and their win loss record it it became too big a mountain to climb now i think that's not quite as significant this year because they're going to have what i call those circuit breaker games where you know you go you go on the road you maybe you lose a couple in a row but You're coming home. You're coming in front of your home fans. It gets close in the third quarter. You hit a couple of big shots. The wave of momentum from your home atmosphere can help get you on the line and over the line, and then you kind of can steady your ship from there. They're going to have that opportunity this season, but it's only a 28-game regular season, the NBL, and um, if you can get off to a good start and you can bank some wins early, it really does hold you in good stead over the course of the rest of the regular season as you try to stay in that playoff race
3: uh, Liam I'd, I'd like to throw a few names at you if, uh, if I could one by one and just uh, give us uh, if you could give us your impressions of what impact they might have uh, for a relatively new look breakers line up um, Barry Brown Jr what have you made of that
15: We haven't seen a lot of him just yet. Um, You know, he played in their their first game at the Blitz against Brisbane, and um, I thought he showed some good signs, um, but he sat out the game against Illawarra, and so we haven't had a good long look at him. Mayor has been saying um, really positive things about him. Of course, that's what you will do when you sign a new import, but um, he's kind of enthusiastic about what he can bring at the defensive end, and he thinks that he's underrated, as a guy who can give them offensive production as well, and we did see some signs from that early on in that uh, in that in the blitz in that game against Brisbane, but a, a bit of a wait and see. In fact, I think really the all three of their imports that none of them have really come out. I think in preseason, Barry Brown Jr., Derek Pardon, Jarrell Brantley, and sort of stamped themselves as absolute bona fide guys who are going to get the job done. Some of the new imports around the league have done that. Justin Robinson in Illawarra has made that impression. I think Tyler Johnson in in Brisbane has has done that. To Sean Thomas in Perth. But none of the three breaker guys for me yet have really made it clear that they're going to be stars in this league. Um, I think that there's a few question marks over those guys still as we head towards the start of the regular season.
3: Cam Glidden from uh, the Australian Boomers uh, has been an addition.
15: Yeah, I mean, he it was nice to see him hit a couple of shots in that last game. He went four of six from three, and that's what they need from Cam Glidden, the Breakers this season. Um, he's a guy that's given the Breakers buckets over the years, especially over there in New Zealand, um, and so they need to do that. But they need him to do that in Breakers colours this season um yeah you know, he's always going to be there or thereabouts defensively he's he's a smart player he's got some length about him he can be reasonably disruptive but down the other end you just need cam glidden having no hesitation you need him full of confidence ready to step up and knock some shots down so some good early signs from him in that regard for sure
3: okay and the, uh, the the name uh, new zealand is uh, really associated uh of course as being of one of ours, uh, Rob Lowe seemed to struggle for minutes last season, uh, but had a great campaign domestically with the Auckland Tuatara. Uh, what about the use of him under Modi Maior?
15: Well, that's a really intriguing name that you bring up, because he's one of the guys across really the entire league that has kind of jumped off the screen for me at the Blitz thus far. I am haven't been in Darwin, so been taking it in from afar, but um, he looks like he's got some sort of some bounce back about him, Rob Lowe. In that first game in the blitz against Brisbane, he came out in the first half. He had a couple of tip jams, a two-hand throwdown along the baseline. And it was like, okay, hold on. This is young Rob, Rob Lowe back up and about. So I, I think he's in for a bit of a, um, a bounce back season, Rob Lowe. He's been a part of the group that's had a tough time over the last couple of seasons. But as you say, off the back of that outstanding MBL campaign, um, he looks like he's fit and firing and bouncy and confident and ready to go and have a good year for the Breakers.
3: Okay, so uh, looking forward to um, just uh, the season in general, uh, the Kings obviously loom as a threat again. But this amazing story of the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, uh, is that just like a, a rookie season? Um, and there'll be a reality check. What are you expecting out of that franchise?
15: Yeah, it's a good question because it was a real Cinderella story last season, wasn't it? Come into the league and um, just go, just go bang, just capture the imagination of not only the the public down there in Tasmania, but really the entire Australian sporting public, and um, and then make your way all the way to the grand final series in year one. It was it was phenomenal. Now. Was it a? a, a um, did they pull a rabbit out of the hat? Uh, did they catch lightning in a bottle? I mean, that's what we're going to find out over the course of this season. But what's interesting is Scott Roth, their head coach. He came into last season saying he's looking to build something, build a culture, build a way of playing and a style of playing and a roster there in Tasmania that can bring ongoing success. Just make sure that they're in the mix year in year out and. What they put on the table last season was, was uh, he thinks, the first sort of stages of that. So very much on track for the, the plan that they have for that franchise. Um, so it's going to be fascinating to see whether they can back it up. I think they're going to be right in that playoff mix again because they play a high level of defense. They're very fundamentally sound and they make very few mistakes. It's, you're going to have to bring your A game every single time you play the jack Jumpers, if you're going to beat him
3: Liam Santa Maria always a pleasure to catch up with you uh, enjoy the huddle podcast uh, we enjoy uh, your analysis of uh, the the blitz so far look forward to the breakers uh, and the kings uh, tomorrow so thank you very much uh, for your input on the show this morning uh, enjoy thank you
15: cheers then good to chat
3: thank thank you Liam Santa Maria there uh, with his Uh, Let's look at the breakers Uh, Some interesting signs there from Liam Wouldn't say 100% positive Still some questions to be answered It's 11.46 here on SENZ
16: Or five months of heaps of really big stuff Then over the winter things have a bit of a break Which isn't a bad idea I quite like the idea And hopefully some of the hardest people get to have a break It's also rugby season It's league season So just powering down the business isn't a bad thing And it starts to kick up again now, September, October, November, December are going to be massive months for harness racing. Tonight at Alexandra Park, um, there's a really good two-year-old Phillies race. It's worth $120,000. And the favourite is unbeaten in three runs. It's been excellent so far in all three. Millwood Nike is actually owned by former Kiwis coach Frank Endicott. Now, anybody who knows Frank and, of course, his son Shane played for the Warriors – Wonderful blokes. And they've got a share in this horse and continues the very close association with a lot of top sports people with good horses. That race is at 8.10 tonight, Smithy. And I do think uh, it'll probably windmill me with Nike, but it's a really good field and an indication that by moving the ages of these horses and letting them race later into the year, we're seeing stronger, better athletes. So that's the feature race mm. tonight there. There's also... A spring cup, which has a horse called Tango in it, who may well head to the IRT New Zealand Cup. That's the big one. That's now six and a half weeks away at Addington on November the 8th. And then we have racing at Winton tomorrow. And Banks Peninsula, as you mentioned at Motokarara on Sunday, they have their big trotting cup, the DG Jones Memorial Trotting Cup. And it's always a really big go. And it contains one of the craziest horses in New Zealand, a horse called Martuatana Smithy, who when he's good, is really good, and when he's bad, he just doesn't care. An enigma of a horse who could well win the big dance on the big grass track on Sunday.
3: Okay, um, and of course, uh, you're heavily involved uh, tomorrow morning and uh, again on Sunday on this very station. Uh, And it's a massive day too, i uh, not taking anything away from the harness side of things, but massive in terms of uh, the thoroughbreds too, mate.
16: Yeah, we kick off at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, myself and Louis Herman Watt, who's in charge of the mail run. Really interesting smoothie. There's been lots of track cancel or race many cancellations because of wet tracks. Our eyes now turn to Awapuni. Will they race tomorrow? Will the wet track there be a concern? We'll ask those questions. We'll examine what can be done about wet tracks. That's from 8 o'clock tomorrow morning along with updating people on the winners. We've got Ben Hayes from the famous Hayes family there in Australia joining us at 9.30. So that's going to be really interesting to get their thoughts around good horses like Mr Brightside. Then on Sunday, we have the Trot's Talk Harness Racing Show from 11 o'clock. And somebody we're really going preview heavy with these major Sunday meetings coming up now. We're going to get really deep into the previews and talk to lots of the trainers and drivers involved. So, yep, SENZ is into this racing spring right up to its eyes, Smithy. We're looking forward to it. 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And for people who want more information on the harness horses or, in fact, the chance to have a bet, always do so responsibly. You can go to tab.co.nz or their website, hrnz if you've got some time to muck around on your phone when you're having a coffee today.
15: Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely
5: and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.